Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hey, everybody. I am so grateful, as always, to have a, a really good colleague and friend join us today, Carol Jurgensen Sheets. And let me say something about Carol. Carol's a social worker. She's a CSAT. She's a whole bunch of things. And number one I want to say about her before I even read about her is I really think she's one of the most articulate and clear people talking about what women in particular go through when a man has disappointed her, betrayed her, let her down in, the, in a really intimate way. And I'll say to you, Carol, before I even read your bio, it's refreshing to find people who are willing to talk about subjects that are so painful. And I don't know that every woman would want to raise her hand and say, oh, that happened to me, but they're sure listening to you and they're sure learning a lot. So I want to thank you for that. And then I'm going to read stuff about you. So Carol Jurgensen Sheets, better known as Carol the Coach, has been treating individuals and couples for 41 years, but that means you're only 42, Carol. You must have started very early. She's a certified sex addiction counselor and a certified partners of sex addiction trauma specialist. Carol trains clinicians and coaches nationally and internationally and believes that her partner-sensitive treatment approach enhances treating all addictions, especially sex addiction, and partner trauma in the relationship. Her style assists couples in healing the shame and pain of sexual addiction. She uses post-traumatic growth to emphasize a client's strengths. And I love that, that you're focused on strengths rather than, you know, how miserable and unhappy I've been with this situation. Carol has over 300 shows interviewing experts in the field and also two YouTube channels to help addicts and partners called Sex Help with Carol the Coach and Carol the Coach. Um, let me just say something really quickly about you about that, folks. There's nothing like sitting with an expert and watching them from their own experience talk about what this is like. You can listen to this, you can listen to podcasts, but watching that, I know Carol has a lot of work on YouTube, and I, I hear a lot of people say, boy, when I see that YouTube video, I really understand what this is about. So I encourage you to check that out. So there are two podcasts. One is called Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and the other is called Partner Recovery Radio. And what I really want to talk about today, we've talked about one of her books. I want to talk about the other. Her first book is Help Her Heal, an empathy workbook for sex addicts to help their partners to heal. So what she's written in her first book is really how to help the person with a problem begin to understand how they've harmed the person they love. And the book she's just most recently written, which I'm looking forward to talking about, is Unleashing Your Power, Moving Through the Trauma of Partner Betrayal. Carol, so glad to hear you. Um, welcome. 
Thank you. And I hear we have a lot to talk about. We always have a lot to talk about. Tell me what's going on just briefly with the work, like what you're finding when you're chatting with people out there. You're you're so kind of current with all of this. Are there themes coming up in uh, among women about how to how to manage betrayal or things changing in the field? What are you seeing? Well, I really feel like betrayal is a new um, experience for clinicians and coaches, and they have to stay very current with what does the partner need? You know, one of the things that I truly believe is that we don't work hard enough at getting her from safety and stabilization, which is that first phase of partner betrayal. So out of crisis is what you're saying. Absolutely. Out of crisis. And then through the grief and the anger and the mourning of what she thought she had, what she hoped she'd have, what she wanted to have and what she didn't have. And when you're dealing with that kind of loss and anger, it takes a while to get out of that phase. But once they're out of that phase, Rob, they can move into post-traumatic growth. And that's, that's what I want to help people to realize when they're going through this, when the sex addict wants to help her heal, that he has to move her through those stages too by being in good recovery and helping acknowledge all the pain that he's caused. So what you're really saying in the most basic sense for partners is they're going to have a crisis period. Everybody has a crisis period in something like this, and it's going to devastate them as it does. And then they're going to have a period of coming to terms with it, grieving at every stage of grief, anger and bargaining and all of those kinds of things. But the goal of the work is for this person to become stronger, not just come through the crisis as they were, but really become more clear about what they want, stronger in their beliefs, have better boundaries. You're talking about people growing past trauma into a better place. Now, I would think coming through trauma or difficult circumstances like that, I'm not sure I would feel so good about myself, even after the whole thing was over. How do you help people grow and actually feel good about who they are when they feel like someone has hurt them and they're not worth it and all that kind of stuff? Well, I can't say that I do it alone because what I want to do is help them learn the resources available to them to support my work and for me to support that work. You know, so many partners need to be part of a community. Now, you and I both know that SNON, COSA, those communities oftentimes focus on codependency. And so I encourage my partners as well as sex addicts to be advocates for this new codependency and for this new way of looking at life. I didn't cause this. So what you're talking about is really moving someone from the immediate shock and crisis stage through through a grieving part of their work where they feel hopeless and angry and all of those, you know, bargaining, all those things of grief. But you're also talking about bringing someone to a higher level uh, in their lives than they were before, that they're not just going to be the same person who was in that relationship. They're going to be stronger and have a better sense of themselves and boundaries. And how do you move someone from that place of, you know, uh, I give up, life's not working, this person ruined me, all of that stuff to being stronger? How, How do you get there? Well, I I do a lot of psychoeducation about the brain and brain trauma and the fact that she isn't going to be at that place for a long time. And I normalize what's going on for her physiologically and psychologically. And when you do that, they go, wow, that's exactly what's happening to me. And they give themselves permission to breeze through it and to find grounding and resourcing. And, And one of the ways that I 
help women, especially to find the resourcing, is by A, if they're still with their husband, helping their husband to be a resource for her. Or partner. I mean, not everyone's married, but with their committed partner. Absolutely. Committed partner. And then B, I recommend support groups. Now, the old support groups, which can still be helpful, are those 12-step groups. And you and I both really understand that they are not necessarily pro-dependence oriented. And so I ask my clients to go to those meetings and to say, you know what? I didn't attract this into my life. I don't want to hear about codependency. I just want to be able to focus on myself to get healthy. So in some ways, my clients are pioneers in asking for that. And of course, I refer them to your groups because you've got a whole community out there that is now working on pro-dependent philosophies. So I'll just, since you fed me that, I will say that a number of people have come around and apparently there's a pro-dependence anonymous program and pro-dependence anonymous.org. I mean, that is out there, which I love because I have nothing to do with it. It's what people have chosen to do. But what you're talking about is, I hate to use this fancy word, shifting a paradigm from the person blaming themselves and questioning themselves to feeling like I didn't do anything wrong. I just loved this person and I didn't anticipate when I got with them. And here we are 10 years later. And because partners, you know, this word victim, people don't like it. Who wants to be a victim? But I really have to help people understand that you didn't bring this on. You were victimized by this set of circumstances. And part of what you're telling, talking about when you say normalize, tell me what you mean by normalize for them. Like they're crazy, they feel crazy. And what do you mean by that? Well, they don't understand what's happening to them. And so their amygdala is so activated. Their amygdala is that primal part of the brain that goes into fight, flight, or freeze when they've been traumatized. And so a woman who has never been angry a day in her life, or at least not physically aggressive, may punch her husband or may or partner, may punch the partner, push the partner down the stairs, wake up in the middle of the night and shove him or her out of bed. And she feels like she's going crazy. And so we explain that a lot of what's going on for her is brain science. And I help her to understand what her brain is doing. When that kind of thing happens, her executive functioning goes offline and she's not even able to think as well yet. No, executive functioning means, because I know these words, but I want to make sure everybody else does. So amygdala is the basic part of the brain where we react, we panic, we don't necessarily have control over, we're just rolling with that. But what is executive function? What is that? You, You want them to get more of this. What do you want them to get more of? Well, the part of the brain that runs executive functioning, helps to make decisions is the prefrontal cortex. Like our intellect, if you will. Yes, our intellect. So partners are not able to make decisions. They're not able to speak. That broke-us part of their brain um, has been impacted, and that is the ability to speak. So they may not be able to communicate as well. They may lose words. You know, when Maya Angelou was molested, she lost all ability to speak for years. Now, I've never met a partner that had that kind of severity, but I definitely meet partner after partner who says, something's wrong with me. I'm not able to convey or communicate to anybody anything, and I'm going crazy. 
I feel so broken. I don't know what's wrong with me. And so, you know, I, I tell them the crazy is their new normal and they want to get back to normal, but there's not going to be getting back to normal. And that's a, that's part of the grieving, right? Well, it is. And I very mildly interject at the beginning of our work together that someday they're going to be stronger for what they've been through. And even though they never wanted to be a part of this club, the truth of the matter is Patrick Carnes taught me well. He said, when somebody has betrayed you, you go through great suffering. And as devastating as that suffering is, the more devastating it is, the more transformation. And when you go through transformation, you end up enlightening yourself and enlightening others as a result. And so most people figure out a way to give back at the end of that. When they're in post-traumatic growth, they may start a Bible study. They may volunteer for their kids' sports. So they find more purpose for themselves, even though they don't necessarily want to turn away to some degree from what they believe they had. They have to. They have to move away from the fantasy of what they had, the understanding of what their belief into something that's that's meaningful for them. And they can find a passion is what you're saying. Right. And hopefully their husband's on that same journey or their wife. And so what I hope that will happen is that the two of them will move forward together. And most of the people that I work with, the couples stay together. And that's always a beautiful thing. But if they choose not to, they can certainly get to post-traumatic growth as well and sometimes quicker. I guess I have a question that, well, I have two questions for you. One is that I was talking to, and I really want to talk about the book. I really do. But I love talking to you about this because I don't, we're so aligned. Like we've both moved from from shame to grace. You know, we've moved from making people feel like they've done something wrong to making people feel like they've done everything right and it still didn't work out. And that's just so, so helpful. But I want to say I was working with a partner yesterday on the phone, uh, not on the phone, on, on the line. And I was working with her husband, and they were saying how, despite this this having happened, his betrayals, and they were deep and heavy. I mean, for years, their whole, oh, I hate it when I hear my whole marriage. I didn't realize it was just going on, but, you know, and this is one of those cases. And she was saying, they were saying, you know, we don't understand. We're still so close. We spend all our time together. We're having so much fun together, and yet this is going on. And I watched the two of them. I thought, she hasn't gotten to anger yet. She's still holding on to him and the good things, but not able to separate that out from the bad things. So I guess before the before stage, before all this crisis, and I guess, would you call that denial or when you really just, you know, I look at someone, and I say, oh my God, this person's ruined your whole life. And yet you're going to lunch, you're having fun, you're playing with the kids. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but it's so much like, it's sort of like they didn't get it or they haven't. And I'm talking about kind of before all the things that you're talking about. And that's a little hard for me to negotiate because I think, well, you should be angry. You know, Have you seen people in the, sort of that pre-situation, if you will? I actually haven't. I was thinking to myself, as you described her, it could be denial or it could be resilience. She may not need to go through those stages that most everybody has to go through. She may be one of those special people that doesn't need that. So I'm not sure. But the best way to deal with that is for you as the therapist to say, wow, I would be really angry. I think I'd be thinking blah, 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 and kind of planting those seeds so that if she is in denial, she can know that it's okay 
to feel those angry thoughts. And you may actually bring that out in her. Yeah, I often find, you know, this thing about boundaries that you're talking about. I think people, part of finding themselves is really getting to the deep feeling they have about this, which is the before growth part. So I, I want to go into what you've been writing about a little bit. So you wrote a book for men or or people who act out sexually and betray people to begin to understand empathy, I, I think, and how to be a supportive partner. And then you wrote a book for the partners. And I love the fact that you're kind of balancing out, you're writing one for each, because I think your goal is to have them both move forward together in their own paths, but still connected. So the book that just came out, I'm so excited about it, is Unleashing Your Power, Moving Through the Trauma of Partner Betrayal. First, what is this about? Is it like a workbook? Is it a, a guide? What, what exactly is this? An explanation? Well, it's both of those things. It's a guide. But it's also a workbook. I really expect and hope that my clients and our listeners will get this book and do the exercises to help them grow, to help them heal, and to help them acknowledge the suffering that's occurred. You know, you and I know that there are some great professionals out there to help people, and yet we have people in communities that they can't get to professionals. Uh, And I wanted this book to teach them what is normal. So I talk a lot about trauma brain, and I talk a lot about the three stages of partner betrayal, which are, again, safety and stabilization, and then working through all those feelings, and then restoration of self or of the marriage and the marriage, but not necessarily, and then that higher power. Because truly, when a woman has been betrayed, when a man has been betrayed, they wonder why God did this to them, and they wonder what happened to the spirituality that they had before the betrayal. And nobody should live wondering about the world, wondering why the universe would do this to them. So I hear many women say, I was a good person. I would never have done this. Why did God allow this to happen to me? And so... That third phase is so important to understand that God didn't do it to you. The universe and the world did not plot against you, that this is about the predetermination of men and women to make their own choices. And you and I know, Rob, most sex addicts are great people. They did not mean to do this to themselves or to other people. The addiction took over the compulsivity, the problematic sexual behavior, and they couldn't stop until they knew better. Hey there, I sure hope you're enjoying this sex, love and addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com. That's seekingintegrity.com or call us at 747-234-4325. This is a question that comes up a lot for partners, and I wonder in Unleashing Your Power, did you talk about this, which is, I don't understand how this person could love me, 
and do this to me at the same time. I don't either they love me or they but how could those two things exist at the same time? And I think that's a real question for partners. They struggle with they feel the love, they feel the connection because it is there as you said, there is love intact most of the time. And yet if that's true, how could this person go out in the world and knowingly do things that would hurt me? How do you speak to that? Well, I certainly give them explanations for how this could happen and I, we talk about compartmentalization and how they have a dual life and they keep thinking they're going to stop and then they don't. So the addict is really working hard at figuring out how to stop, but can't. And when that happens in this book, we talk about, you know, you couldn't control who he was and you didn't know what you didn't know. And so the important part is to understand that this affected you, but it wasn't because of you. And what do you need right now to feel better about you? So we keep using Unleashing Your Power to refocus on her. What does she need? And when you do that, it invariably makes the person stronger. You're taking away the focus on what you did to me and moving it to how I can be stronger and feel better about myself, even in a crisis like this. I heard exercises. And I know that I've read a lot of self-help. I've written a lot of self-help. You have written. I know a lot of people just think, well, I want to read this and learn about this. They're not thinking they, well, I'll give you my little story. I remember going to physical therapy years ago, and I, whatever it was, and I went to the therapist and I said, okay, fix me. Twist this and bend that. And, and they said, no, no, there's all these exercises you're going to take home and work on. And I thought, well, why am I in physical therapy if I have to go home and do things? So I understand about reading and learning and growing and, and using self-help and guides. And, but I don't understand, or maybe people are listening and understand, what kind of exercises or work would you ask a partner to do? Because I can think an addict has to review their past. I mean, they're on a different path than their partners. They have to learn. They have to self-engage and work, work through denom. And they have is- different issues. They have to learn how to not act out. But what kind of work does a partner need to do? Why why can't they just learn about this? What are they what are you asking them to write about? Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge exactly what you said and I want to say to our listeners out there, it is not fair that they have to do work. And I don't even like calling it and won't call it recovery work because that sounds like they did something and they need to get out of it and they did nothing. But I do believe this so greatly affects their sense of self, self self-esteem. It it leaves so many feelings of rejection that they have to work not to take that on. They have to get stronger within themselves to say, yeah, he made some horrible mistakes and he devastated me, but I'm not going to let that devastation affect who I am. And so this book talks about identifying strengths and Reality affirmations, you know, affirmations. I believe in affirmations. But what is an affirmation just for people who don't know what that is? That's when you affirm yourself for who you are. And that can be hard to do when you've just been run over by a Mack truck. So I have them put a reality piece together first before I have them do the affirmation. And the reality piece may be, even though I woke up this morning feeling like I would never have a loving relationship again. What I know to be true is that I can work harder on loving myself and I can feel those feelings for myself. You know, it puts what's really going on in your life with what your vision is. And this book talks a lot about visioning. You know, what do you want to do with your life 
despite the fact that this has happened to you. Because women crumble and they want to focus on that betrayal and they want to stay there. And that's not healthy. They have to focus on, they don't have to, but I recommend that they focus on, okay, how can I create more of my own life separate from what happened to me? Because now I'm feeling safe and stable. He's being polygraphed three times a year, or he's in, he's gone to different treatment centers and I think he's got it this time. So I really need to pay attention to me because I'm the one that got hurt here. That's how we do it in this book. We teach them how to vision and move forward. So this is something that people could do even if this wasn't going on in their life, even if they were just wanting to improve their who they are and what they're doing. They could read uh, really. And, and by the, t- the title, if you take away the subtitle, Unleashing Your Power is not just about transforming. You didn't say working through your grief or dealing with your unhappiness. You're talking about about how you find parts of yourself that maybe you dedicated to the relationship, and now you're going to dedicate to yourself. doesn't mean you're going to leave the relationship, but you're going to empower yourself. 100%. And I wrote a book at the same time that I did Unleashing Your Power, my colleague and I did, called Transformations. And what that book is about is a woman's journey of self-discovery. And so we say in Unleashing Your Power, if you've got college-age kids, you got best friends, they haven't been through this betrayal, but you know these exercises would be good for them, get transformations. Because being in that special club of partner betrayal really means that you have to pay attention to the crisis and you have to pay attention to the wounding and you have to work extra hard at feeling better. But women in general need constant self-esteem builders just to keep us on the straight and narrow. It can be very difficult in today's world to multitask the way we do and pay attention to us. Well, absolutely, with and even and especially with what's going on with people being ill and distracted and COVID and all of that. I do have a question to you about community, though, and this is a really good one, I think, because I have a lot of women who I say, "Hey, you don't need to be alone with this." You know, there are other women who are empowered. There are other women who've moved past some of this grief and they're into their empowerment and that kind of thing. And inevitably, at the start, they say. I don't want to be with that bunch of losers. I don't want to sit around with a bunch of women who are crying about their relationships. And what I tell them is, no, 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 these women are fierce. You know, they are determined. They are committed. You're going to find a group of sisters who are there for you. But what is that initial thing do you think about, oh, I don't want to be around those people. And is it, is they're going to remind me of my pain or is it just embarrassment? Why don't, why do we have a little bit of challenge getting people to join a group when we so believe in that process? Well, what I know from group dynamics in general is that women walk in and say, this is exactly for me, or they go, these women are way sicker than I am, and I don't belong here, or they say the opposite. My problems are way bigger than these women have. And so that's a normal response. And before I put them into a community, I tell them they're going to have one of three feelings. They're either going to fit or they're going to think they're different then, and that that's normal. And so go to six or eight meetings before you make a decision, whether that's a group. I'm part of an organization, AppSats, and they have a lot of coaches that have some incredible, healthy groups. They're pro-dependent in nature. They focus on strengths and visioning. They're there to help support the woman and grow them through the pain. Now, you know that pro-dependent groups are also very healthy. 
they work towards feeling good. So that's what I tell women when they don't feel like it's going to be a good fit. When someone goes to a support group like this, what would they expect? I mean, are they, are they, they're going to listen. They're going to be looking for themselves. What kinds of things do they hear there and what would be healing for them rather than making them feel worse? I will say that for women, sometimes they want to do this work with other women. And so we are holding workshops all over the world on how to work through this book because we don't necessarily want them to have to do it all by themselves if they can join a four-hour group and work through some of the essential pieces of unleashing your power. So there's lots of different ways to access it. I talk about it on my podcast. Um, We're having workshops. I've got women that are using this book in support groups and coaching groups and therapy groups. So let me ask you this, this particular kind of thing where they could join a guided group where they're working through something I think is really also helpful because people don't feel like they just sort of have to chat. They have a purpose. How would they find such a workshop? They would find that workshop by just Googling Unleashing Your Power, and they can always contact me. I know women and men in this community that want to use Help or Heal or Unleashing Your Power typically come to me and say, may I use your materials? And I say, go for it. Yes, I want this work out there. So they can always contact me at carol at carolthecoach.com, and I will let them know what groups are available for them. We're doing workshops quarterly to help people work through the resiliency they need to feel good about themselves and feel totally restored in terms of their own sense of self. Do you find, and I'm going to, we have to close in just a minute, but do you have couples who are sharing this process where there's, you have two books, one for the person who has been acting out and betraying, one for the person who's been betrayed. Are these things related? I mean, is there a relationship between Help Her Heal and Unleashing Your Power in terms of the process that people would go through? Like, would you recommend both people read these books at the same time? I guess what I'm implying. No. Now, partially, I have found that even though I wrote Help Her Heal for the sex addict, that couples are using this book and going through it chapter by chapter and talking about how it shows up in their life. And they're taking my online course, which is Help or Heal, that they can go to Sex Help with Carol the Coach and buy the course and have it for their lifetime. In addition to that, I did an online course for partners to get them to post-traumatic growth. And that has a lot of material in it that supports unleashing your power. Now, men don't read Unleashing Your Power. So the truth of the matter is, if you're a sex addict, you're not going to look at her book. Well, I will say that we know that 95% of of all self-help books are bought by women. So it's not likely a man's going to read any of this until it's sort of put in his face, if you will. Yeah. But Rob, I got to tell you, I have been running a Help Her Heal group. Like I said, I've got a lot of clinicians and coaches all over the world that run that group too. And I am amazed at what information they get from the group uh, that supports their need to change and to sustain what I'm teaching. So I just find groups so valuable in disseminating this information. 
So I'm going to say one more thing about all this, which is um, I love the transformations. I didn't know that you'd written that because what I'm thinking is if you took sex addict out of this and you took all of those sort of specifics out of it, that people go through this where someone feels betrayed for many reasons and someone might not see their behavior and how it's going to hurt someone else. So really there are universal applications for the things you're talking about, not simply sex addicts or people in that situation. Do you think so? I mean, that sounds right. 100%. That's why I wrote both books. I felt like it was something that would be valuable for anybody. I mean, transformations would be great for men. But like you said, men don't usually do that kind of work on themselves through a book. I could not be more impressed with the way that you work and how passionate you are about reaching out to people and really, as you said, giving as much away as you can. Because as you said, not everyone will have the resources to go to therapy. Not everyone will be able to find the right therapist. Not everyone believes in therapy, but you're giving people an opportunity to get a leg up on their own and with the support of people they don't have to pay to join. They're getting, so you're creating a whole world for people, which I really love of ways to grow, even if they don't have the ability to go to a professional. And I think when we give our away our work, that's what it's all about. Tell us, Carol, before we stop, how can they find you again? How can they find your work? What is the simplest way? I know you're on YouTube. Would that be typing in Carol the Coach? How do they find specifically you? The best way to find me, uh, if it's about sex addiction and partner betrayal, is go to YouTube, Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Certainly, that's the name of my website. And my website allows you to link to my podcast, allows you to link to my YouTube, my online courses, and my books. So probably the website is really the one one stop shop. I so appreciate your joining us. And I know I just have this feeling, Carol, that in a year we're going to be talking about your next book and your next book. You are really a giver. And by the way, folks, it's not, you know, we don't write books because we are on vacation. We write books and we're not with our family. We write books when people are going to the beach on the weekend. And I'm not asking you to value us that much more. I just want you to know that the dedication we put into that, because Carol probably makes about 15 cents a book, and I probably make 25, is really to get the word out there for you. And Carol, nobody has done that better than you with your podcast and YouTube, and you were doing a radio show and the books. I really admire your commitment, and I hope you do come back and we do even more stuff together. Excellent. And thank you so much, Rob, because you are doing a world of good for this community. And I so admire you. Well, we're a good pair. Folks, this is Carol, the coach, an amazing woman and a a, a true professional in that she gives more than she takes back. I look forward to doing more shows and more with you, Carol. We'll talk again. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term effective intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.